With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast. Real conversations about mental wellness because no one should feel alone. Join your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts, as they discuss relevant topics suggested by listeners just like you. Keep in mind that our content is for edutainment purposes only since a podcast is a one-way street. We hope that we can inspire you to find therapy if you need it. Yeah, and give you some laughs while we're at it. Um, the topic of the day, emotionally healthy, which is a phenomenal topic year-round, 365. But it's interesting yes. when one of the things you put on, I think it was the Twitter post, um, hurting people shouldn't hurt people or, or hurt hurting or hurt, people hurt, hurt people. people. Which, yeah, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Right, which is interesting. There's a Buddha saying... Uh, hurt not others with which pains yourself, which I've quoted yes. over the years so many times. And I, I'm sure some of my followers are just like, dude, really? Again with this saying? <laughs> but it's important that we keep that in mind because, and I know we brought this up before too. There's a Marvel comic book character named Bishop who uh, he will absorb energy blast from different weapons and then he has to discharge. And in lots of ways, negative emotions are the same as well as positive emotions. When they impact us, then if we, if it's fun and we're on just, you know, Hey, that was a great movie. That was a great joke. We just got through. I remember going to a podcast where uh, they actually have a studio they record their podcast in. And I had just seen a bunch of family and I went in there and I was hugging complete strangers. And I said, I I'm sorry, but I've got to hug you because I've been around family for this whole weekend and I'm just happy. I want to share it. So, but likewise, when some people come at you with anger or maliciousness, you do absorb that negative energy for lack of a better term. And you do have to decide what you're going to do with it because unlike (laughs) hugging, um, beating people in, in, you know, punching people in the face is not positive. That's not good for anybody. So you have to figure out how to dispel that negative energy that you have bottled up inside of you. And um, Mm -hmm. which kind of coincides with what the topic of the day is. How do you deal with that circle of friends that and sometimes you just have to cut your losses? I've known this person for 20 years, but I can't allow myself to be around them that often anymore, you know, and that's fictional. I don't want any of my friends thinking, you know, that uh, I've deleted phone numbers in my on my phone. But, you know, you, you do have to make decisions for that positive health, because if you're not at optimal health, you can't be a, you, you can't help anybody. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. So, again, excellent topic. And um, yeah. I have let's see here. There's two more Buddhist quotes. I, I went back into this old <laughs> book that I have. And um, okay. so here's another one. I cannot have pleasure while another grieves and I have power to help him. And that's. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of my favorites is to make an end to selfishness is happiness. And yes. in our lives, when we can be happy for others, that that does make you just kind of that that well of joy that comes up that no one can steal. You know, I think that helps because selfishness really is it's a dampener of, of all things happy. 
Mm -hmm. I think people fail to realize, um, based on your last quote, that if you're helping someone else Mm -hmm. and you you feel bad, helping someone else will actually make you feel better. Because Mm -hmm. when you're when you're either depressed or you've been hurt, you start thinking that you're not worth it, that no one cares about you, Mm -hmm. um, that no one's paying you any attention. And when you help someone else, that person begins to appreciate you and show you that appreciation. Mm -hmm. And it helps you feel more, uh, uh, have more Mm -hmm. self-worth. It it helps bring value to you and who you are. Um, So I think it's very important that even when you're hurting to help someone else. I was Mm -hmm. reading an article the other day where this lady was on a show. I think it was Ellen or something, but um, it was like this lady, she, she fixed meals for, um, homeless people. It was another lady who was bringing in, um, packages and things for children that she saw was needy. She was a school teacher. And, um, the person I was interviewing them, like I said, I believe it was Ellen was very surprised that the one who was, you know, feeding the homeless didn't have a car, um, <laughs> was living, living on government assistance, you know? Mm-hmm. And she said, she, you know, she was making more than enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the other lady that was given to children was actually a single parent that was receiving no child support, mm-hmm. um, and doing things on her own. And she said, well, they had plenty, you know, they had what they needed. Mm-hmm. And so she said, things always happen. And she always got a blessing and she felt like it was because she always gave, mm-hmm. um, even when she had very little to give, she, she gave, um, and it was a good lesson, you know, for both of them to be teaching um, their children and other family members. So it's very important to to give to others, even when you don't have anything to give, mm-hmm. um, even when you're struggling, even when you're sad. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is a part of, of being a healthier person. Mm-hmm. So, and I think one thing yeah. that people, you know, you always think of superheroes and, well, you know, I don't have super strength. I don't have this. I don't have that. But that doesn't stop you from being a superhero. And I think people also think about, you know, well, I don't have any extra money. How can I help them? But a hug is free. Compassion is free. Going out and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. I see that you're, you know, can I help you rake your yard? Can I, uh, I see you're renovating something and I have a hammer and some nails. Can I help you out? And those are things that don't cost anything other than time. And we all have the same amount of time, 24 hours a day. So why not put that to good use? So I, I agree that, um, you know, helping, helping people can really make you feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. So the, the um, focus that I wanted to talk about was because um, we can talk about toxic people mm-hmm. and I use the word toxic because they can be bad for mm-hmm. you. That doesn't necessarily mean the person is a bad person, but their behaviors are bad. So we're calling it, you know, toxic. Right. Um, but I really wanted to focus on how to help the person who's receiving this negativity um, get through that mm-hmm. to see uh, sometimes we say like I, I use the term emotionally healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you research it, you'll see emotionally intelligent people um, mm-hmm. like it's a smart thing to do, but it's a healthy it's you know, the mentally healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to kind of do like a step by step things that you can do to keep yourself healthy, even when you're met with negativity, because sometimes a person can say something to you and it hurts your feelings and you get emotionally overwhelmed or mm-hmm. you, you know, snap back at them. Next thing you know, you got an argument and people are trying to figure out who started it. And um, then it doesn't matter because you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Mm-hmm. So 
oftentimes when we have uh, a situation where a person is considered toxic to us, their behavior is toxic to us, we've had a lot of signals that led up to that. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a person saying something to you the wrong way, you have no connection to them at all, and you're offended by what they say, you're not going to continue in a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. But when they get to the point that they're toxic to you, that means they've done things over and over and over again. And so um, in the step-by-step process, what I always advise our clients is that first step is set healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to set them, but the next step is to enforce them. Mm-hmm. So I could tell you all day long, well, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to allow them to do this to me. I'm not going to allow them to say this to me. And the next time they said something to me, this is what I'm going to do. So you're (laughs) setting, yeah, you're setting boundaries, but you're not really enforcing them. You're talking about them to someone else, but you're not really enforcing them because to enforce boundaries is to take actions where that person knows you can't talk to me this way. You can't treat me this way. And I'm talking about close family members, Mm -hmm. friends, people that you call friends, really close associates, business partners or business affiliates, um, you know, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, all of them. Um, You have to set healthy boundaries. And when you set boundaries and if you're enforcing them, people will know, okay, I can't. I can't say that to her or don't say that to her. Don't, you know, don't, she's not going to take that or she doesn't want to hear that. And they know <laughs> who they can get away. They can get away with stuff. So, right. um, and so they, you know, sometimes they call them that person um, who's continuously allowing someone to get to them. So mm-hmm. they say to get to their emotions, to being the victim, like you're, you're being a victim and you're a perpetual victim. It just keeps going over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But, um, because you're focused on the emotion that this person is giving to you. So you can't stop that. If a person says something to you and your feelings are hurt, you can't say, well, I'm, I'm just not going to cry. And I'm not going to be sad. What mm-hmm. you have to do is set a boundary so that person no longer is able to say those things to you. Mm-hmm. So say if you have a person that's come to the party and every time they come to the party, say it's Thanksgiving. And every time that family member comes over, you know they're going to drink a little bit too much. You know they're going to be disrespectful to everyone in there and they're going to ruin your party. But because it's a family member, you're thinking, well, I'm going to invite them anyway, and I'm going to talk to them beforehand, <laughs> mm-hmm. and maybe this year will be different. So it's three years later, right? We still got the same Thanksgiving party. You send the invitations out, and only 20 people come. Only five people is RSVP. Why do you think? Yeah. Because they know you're letting, you know, Uncle Chuck come. So right. it's like, <laughs> we don't want to deal with him. Right. You know, and so it's like, okay, you know, I'm either going to allow you to come over and it's just going to be me, you and my family. We can just deal with you by ourselves and we're not going to have any alcohol so you can't drink. Mm-hmm. And then we had a big family party. You're not invited. Mm-hmm. Or you set boundaries and said, if you do this, then you're going to have to leave. So you're inviting him in. But when he gets to that point. You already have it set up where someone's escorting him to the door. Mm-hmm. You got the Uber waiting. He's gone. Right. You know? So you've <laughs> got to set boundaries and you've got to enforce them. And everyone needs to know about it. Everyone needs to know. Because think about it. Think about if you're the, the young cousin that comes over and Uncle Chuck is always drinking and getting in your face. And, okay, so now I don't want to go over to your house. Mm-hmm. But you're thinking, you're not thinking about what he's doing. You're thinking that he does that to me at your house. Right. So then I'm hoping that you're going to. Um, protect me from those negative emotions mm-hmm. from from his outbursts. You're not doing that, so I'm not coming over. Right. So it could draw draw a wedge if you don't do that. But healthy people set boundaries and they enforce them. And so you have to find a way to do that. We spend a lot of time worrying about what someone else is going to think 
Well, I didn't invite Uncle Chuck because he's always getting, okay, that's fine. We understand. Mm-hmm. We'll do something else with Uncle Chuck, but he's not invited to the big family do <laughs> right. because he doesn't know how to hold his liquor. Right. Or we invite him and we, we don't have any alcohol because when he's not drinking, he's great. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to you have to be able to do that. So that's the, the first thing is um, setting setting boundaries and then enforcing them. Mm-hmm. So any thoughts about boundaries? Can that be difficult to do? Do you think setting boundaries for someone that's like a family member or, you know, a friend that's really close to the family? Do you think that's difficult to do? Uh, You know, probably for some, I guess, uh, you know, there's a compassionate side of me. And then there's that realistic side where I just know who not to talk about religion and politics with. I know who (laughs) not to have over, you know, to specific parties because they would not blend with uh, the other people. And I have a very diverse uh, set of friends and not everybody gets along. I, I, some people say that's because I'm a Pisces and I just, you know, flow like water and I get along with everybody. But I just, there's some people that I always look at it in that, and I can't remember where I, I, read this but everybody vibrates at a different frequency and some mm-hmm. are melodious and some are disharmonious uh, disharmonious and so those people that there's some people that just can't be together because they just grate on each other's nerves that's you know the the old southern term for it mm-hmm. but it but it is tough when you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings uh because it's you know a lot of these behaviors are um or, well, I guess some of them are innocent, you know, where they don't mean, you know, some people just feel like, oh, if I don't speak my mind, I'm not being honest. I was just telling them that I thought their dress looked awful. You know what I mean? And we're supposed to oh, be wow. fine with that. <laughs> and so you, mm-hmm. you know who not to have around, uh, you know, the, the groups. But but it can be tough. I, I don't know that my mom would be able to say, um, you know, you can't come to this family event. You can't do this, whatever. She wants to be all inclusive. It's all about family. And I think a lot of that is just the way people are raised and the things that mm-hmm. we feel we are supposed to do that we don't have to do. And that's where we need to, you know, self-assess and create a list and say, you know what, I feel like I have to go to, um, you know, family dinner on Thanksgiving, but I, I, but I really don't have to, you know, I can have other plans and we can catch up later. And, um, you know, I, I think too many, I know when we were doing a, um, surprise 50th anniversary party for my parents, coming up with a list was tough because the venue only held, you know, so many people. And so we had to, and sometimes you invite one, then you have to have the whole family, which could be 20 people. So we really had to think about who we were going to invite and we didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And so consequently the people that we didn't invite didn't take it personal. So we were worried for nothing. They understood, Hey, you know what? We haven't seen the family in 10 years, used to do everything together. Now we haven't. And they didn't take it personal. They sent a gift. And so, you know, a a lot of things, as you were saying earlier, in our minds, we build these things up. You know, whether it's uh, the next time he says something to me about Blade Runner, I'm going to punch him in the mouth. You know what I mean? Um, And that's but we build ourselves up on these fictional scenarios that aren't based on fact. Someone may have said, um, you know, they hate the movie Blade Runner and I may strongly disagree, but that's, you know, but who cares? Because that really doesn't matter in the scheme of life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But sometimes it's because somebody else has been needling us 
And just like you were saying, we know who we can get away with things um, with when we're around and uh, who we can misbehave more around and whatever. And so, um, you know, but I think sometimes somebody will start needling us about something and then somebody else comes up and says, hey, your glasses smell weird. And that makes you angry because you've got all this anger. It goes back to my bishop scenario earlier, right? You've been collecting all this, uh, this tension. And then somebody comes and, and you feel comfortable in, in just unleashing on them. And you shouldn't, you know, but you, but, right. but you know, this, you, you know, based upon past experiences that this person will take whatever and keep coming back. And um, anyway, it, it just breeds dysfunction. Yes. And when you allow a person to continuously do that, mm-hmm. well, they're they're getting that's how they're getting f- fulfilled. They're just, um, you know, being filled with negative energy and it mm-hmm. works for them. So they're mm-hmm. going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, It just goes back to that question of a person saying, why do you treat me this way? And the response is, why do you let me treat you this way? Right. Um, and I think that that is a. Um, profound conversation between a hurt person hurting someone who doesn't deserve to be hurt and doesn't understand why they're getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it just, it's just an eye opener until what we are allowing into our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, um, you know, I don't necessarily have a movie right now. I could quote, but I can quote my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, he used to say a lot of um, things to me that were like in like in phrases, no little catchphrase and took mm-hmm. me many, many years to figure it out. Um, but he used to always say, um, don't take no from someone who can't tell you yes. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to just like, what, you know, what are you talking about? And mm-hmm. um, a lot of times it'd be like he's trying to do something and someone saying, no, you can't do that. And, and it's like, well, can I speak to your boss? Can I speak to your supervisor? Mm-hmm. Because you can't you can't tell me I can do it. And you're telling me that I can't, and right. I can't accept no from you because you don't <laughs> even have authority to give me a yes. Right. Like I'm wasting my time. Yeah. But reality, the reality of that is that um, when I you know, put that into my modern day context is that when you set goals for yourself, hurt people are get into your life and they deter you from those goals by causing you pain and anxiety. And now you can't, you can't function and you can't focus on those things. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I holding a conversation with you when you're not even a part of where I want to go? Like, you're the detour on the road. Mm-hmm. This conversation I'm having with you is taking away 15 minutes that I could be doing something else productive. And mm-hmm. so emotionally healthy people, they make goals for themselves. This is my my next thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, after, after you set your boundaries and enforce them, you have to remember that you have goals and you have a direction that you're going in life. And when you have those people saying these things or doing these things that brings up all these negative emotions and you're putting all your energy into that, what are you not doing? What What is that conversation or that conflict? You know, what is that keeping you from doing? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you think about it, a good example would be, um, say, you someone hurt you when you were 16 years old and it has affected you and now you're 35 mm-hmm. and it still bothers you to this day and you're having a conversation with someone that you care about and you're like ah oh, you know I, I just can't have this relationship with you because it just reminds me of when I was hurt when I was 16 mm-hmm. and you've held on to this for all these years of this person hurting you 
and causing you this pain that you've been deterred from your goal of having a normal, healthy relationship or friendship or whatever it is that's keeping you from having this this relationship with this person now has kept you from it. Mm-hmm. And what you're not aware of that you need to be aware of is that person that hurt you, one, is probably not aware that they hurt you. Two, may be aware but don't care. Mm-hmm. Not thinking about it, not spending any energy on it. Mm-hmm. Three, can't remember who you are. Mm-hmm. Haven't given you a second thought. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we do. We spend a lot of energy on something. We hold on to it. We carry it into the next chapter of our lives mm-hmm. and not remember that the villain in the last chapter is gone. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, and you created the next villain mm-hmm. based off of that. And, uh, and that's how villains are made. You know, villains are hurt and they hold on to stuff and they're like nice people. Then they turn right. to villains. And, then, <laughs> and, you know, and, and sometimes some, like sometimes in your in your movies, they figure out that what they thought was the truth really wasn't right. So the whole time they're fighting to get this revenge, and but that's not what really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, or they're angry with one person, but that person didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. You know, I'm still trying to feel out, feel out, uh, figure out exactly who killed Batman's parents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who was it? You know, like, right. what was really going on that night? You know, so it's one. Of, so, <laughs> so it's, it's one of those those things that that we have to remember that we have goals and dreams that we have set for ourselves mm-hmm. and there's this path that we're supposed to be on. We put our own selves on because it's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. You've got all these outliers, all these detours, all these signs. And we will allow these people who are these detours and these signs to come into our lives, to be toxic. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, wow, I wasted 10 years of my life doing that. Mm-hmm. Time is essential and you can't get it back. It doesn't stand still mm-hmm. for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to pass. It's going to go by. There's nothing you can you can do about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just why are we, you know, I, 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 I um, I'm struck by some people that I work with who say this is the last time I'm going to do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> two, two years, two years of seeing me. This is the last time. This is OK. If I had a dime for every time you said this is the last time. Yeah, I'd actually have a lot of money and we're counting dimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so you have to you have to really think about, um, you know, I have these goals and these dreams and this is the direction that I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching a show the other day where this guy was having an affair on his wife. Um, I think it's called Why Women Kill. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's a comedy. It's, 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 it is a comedy. I got so, you. Yeah, yeah, so he was cheating on his wife, and his wife found out, and his wife befriended the girl he was cheating with, and mm-hmm. then the girl got pregnant. And um, so when the wife realized that she pretended to have cancer and something to be dead in six months, she thought she'd get her husband back. So he's being all really nice to her until he found out that he proposed to the other girl and said, just give me six months. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So once she figured all of, all of that out, she started telling the girl, well, this guy that you're seeing, this married guy, um, he's probably going to want you to be in the kitchen and cooking and cleaning and all that stuff. And she goes, no, after I have the baby, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, by this married man, I'm going to go back to my singing career. And so she, she, she asked him, you know, just, I guess, just trying to see, is, is this okay? Because this is my dream. This is what I want to do. I want to 
sing. I want to be a star. You know, mm. yes, I love you. And yes, I'm pregnant, but this is what I want to do. And then he just said, well, we'll just wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. We'll see how you feel after you have the baby. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the movie went off, it went off with us thinking. It's just like, this is a person who's giving you every sign, the fact that you're the other woman, mm-hmm. right? That's how it right. starts. Right. Uh, yeah. And then he's telling you to wait six months, which is basically after his wife dies of cancer, but she right. doesn't really have cancer, but he doesn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see how you feel after you have the baby. I mean, he's giving you every sign that he is not, that he's going to be toxic in your life. Mm-hmm. He's going to keep you from your dream. He's going to keep you from your goals and you're not going to be focused. Mm-hmm. And then you have to ask yourself, how are you contributing to that person taking away from your dreams and your goals? Well, you had an affair with a married man. Mm-hmm. When you wouldn't leave his wife, you're pregnant. So now you're pregnant by a married man. And you still want to have your dreams in your career. So you allowed yourself to be derailed, mm-hmm. you know? So when you are the housewife serving the same purpose that his wife uh, is serving and you realize that you're no longer the other woman and you're the wife, your job as the other woman is now open, right? right. To someone else. <laughs> <laughs> that position is open. And, and so you have to realize the role that you're going to play. And so we have to be mindful of the goals that we set. Mm-hmm to be able to get us from point A to point B without having all these detours and thinking those detours are going to add to our life because they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not. It looks shiny down there on that road, so I'm going to go ahead and go down that road. You know, no, it's not. Stay on, the, stay the course. Mm-hmm. And that's emotionally healthy people stay focused. Doesn't mean you can't fall in love. Doesn't mean you can't have children. It's just you have to do it the right way. You can't fall in love with somebody else's husband and get pregnant. I think that that's you know, that that's that's going to be OK for you. Right. That's going to be a problem. That's going to mm-hmm. be a problem in your life. So we have to think about that. And we don't. And sometimes, you know, we're allowing we're allowing toxic people to remain in our lives mm-hmm. um, because we're we're on on their road, on their path. We're working on whatever they want to work on, whatever they want to focus mm-hmm. on. And so. sometimes I think it's too the the shortcut that we see. So mm-hmm. if we team up with this toxic person, it's just temporary. Mm-hmm. That's what we tell ourselves. And I'll be able to, instead of having to go, um, you know, the, the full route, I can pinch time space and it'll take me weeks instead of years to get to where I need to be. And that's that rarely works out. And um, there's a friend of mine whose uh, spouse, when they got married, said, hey, you know what, just let me do my thing and then if, and then we're going to focus on you and you can go back to college and each step of the way the college never happened he kept on doing what he wanted you know and um so consequently you know 15 20 years later it still hadn't happened for for her mm-hmm. so and i don't especially in business or i don't know i mean i guess in life overall you shouldn't feel bad if something doesn't work out and you say, hey, you know what? Um, this isn't working for me. You and I, obviously, um, you're wanting to go off and do records and music. I'm wanting to do movies. Um, mm-hmm. It could it could be a good blend. You could score my movies. But then again, that's compromising your vision of being, you know, uh, the next Uh, you know, superstar, whatever, you know? Um, So, you know, at some point you do have to say, Hey, you know what? This isn't healthy. This isn't working because we're, we're on separate paths. We're going in different directions. I'm going West. You're going East. Right. Right. And we have to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you make an arrangement, you know, with someone um, like my husband and I, our arrangements were we both had our master's degrees and we were on active duty when that happened. But when it came time to get a PhD, it was retirement time. Right. And it's like, which one of us 
are going to go first. Right. Because it's a lot of time and effort and energy. The household still needs to be run. Mm-hmm. Um, which one's going to go first? Basically, it's like, who's going who's gonna to retire first? Um, so I was medically discharged um, three years before him. So I started first. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very eager to start. I think like as uh, soon as the semester started, that that was my graduation semester, he registered for school. <laughs> and we're talking seven years, seven years later. So he really, you know, he really had to wait. But, you know, you have to find someone who's willing to do that, who has, right. you know, said, I'm going to wait and do this because this is what's good for us as a whole. That's a good partner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, otherwise we're not considering the family, you know, we because we did, you know, have children and a family. So, mm-hmm. um only one person could be crazy at a time. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, but you, you have to find someone who's working that, working that with you. If we were going in two different directions and didn't have the same goals, I don't, you know, at least similar, right. Something right. in common, right. To be able to support each other. Right. Um, if you did, if you couldn't do that, it, it's not going to work. And you have to remember that mm-hmm. we sacrifice so much as a people for other people um, and then we think that they're going to give back, but you have to really know the character of a person when yes, you, you do, do that. <laughs> Cause it's an investment. Yeah. And you know, that's the other thing, you know, we, we look at investing in a company or investing in stocks and there's all these analytics and all this stuff, but it is just as big an investment when you invest your time and effort into somebody else's dream. And sometimes, you know, you're waiting on that return, which would be them helping you with yours and it never happens. And, right. and cut your losses, man. Move forward. <laughs> yeah. And if, you, if you're in a situation, because honestly, there's absolutely nothing wrong with um, changing your direction and mm-hmm. allowing someone, allowing your spouse to go do something and support them. Right. But then you have to make sure that that's because that's what you wanted to do so that you don't hold on to any resentment mm-hmm. because that becomes, that becomes a problem. And then you start thinking that this person is being toxic to you because they've just infringed on your life. And, and, you know, they get to the point where you feel as though they're not appreciating you for what you're doing or contributing to a relationship because they went one direction with the other. But you have to be able to say to yourself, if this is a position that I put myself in and I accepted this and this is what I want to do it for, mm-hmm. then you know, I'm, I'm okay with this because I changed my own course. Right. Um, but sometimes that happens is, is that the person then uh, is very resentful of the person that they made sacrifices for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that you have to accept that that was your choice, regardless as to whether or not they went back on their promise or their agreement. Mm-hmm. You still have to take responsibility for the choice that you made. And it's not, it's not ever too late to change uh, career, you know, directions and, courses and do something mm-hmm. else it's not ever too late you can always do that you don't want to wait but instead of being sad and depressed and holding a grudge then just go do what you want to do mm-hmm. i know that's not the same if you're trying to be something that uh being useful <laughs> has <laughs> uh you know has has a play but you know right. this day and age there's older models and stars and actors and stuff get into everything older and mm-hmm. so you know it and, happens. And two, I think sometimes when you're in that relationship uh, that's kind of built on compromise and so mm-hmm. that you don't have as much time as you would alone, um, I think that gives you a good opportunity to see what is important. It's kind of like when you have a kid and then your budget is completely rearranged. And, and so you try to figure out, OK, well, this, you know, Netflix isn't important. Um, I, we don't have to go out and eat three nights a week. 
we can keep date night, but you make changes. And same right. thing with, you know, if you want to be a rock and roll star, you want to be a, a, the biggest movie director on the planet. And you also want to, I don't know, create uh, something, some robots that will, you know, fly to Mars and whatever. You do have to make decisions, you, you know, and if you're on your own and you have time for all that, then, hey, that's awesome. But um, you know, you, you do have to be practical and, and, you know, instead of trying to move five huge boulders all at the same time, you move one boulder and then you go back for the second boulder. Once the other one is across the finish line, you have to have a plan. And, um, right. so I, I think that, you know, there's, there's times where, you know, your, your friends or your partner, or whoever will constrict your time and you do have, and I think that helps you to really see what is important. Because there's certainly been things in my life that I felt like, you know, the, this is what I, this is the direction I want to go in. This is important. And then years later, it's like, why did I even care about that? Why did I not focus more on, on this aspect of my journey? And right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the, one of the big things is that, um, cause if, if you, if you're making goals for yourself mm-hmm. and stay the course of those goals, um, there's less opportunity for a toxic person to interfere mm-hmm. because you're like, this is, I'm working on something totally different here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. not selfish to look after you. I think that's another misconception no. too many people have. Um, you know, somebody comes up and says, Hey, I need 20 bucks and I only have $20 on me. And, but I need that to, you know, ride the subway or whatever. And, um, but that's not selfish to look after you. How, how else are you going to get back home? You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So the next one is, uh, drama control. Mm-hmm. Like how do we remain emotionally healthy? Well, we've got to control the drama mm-hmm. and not become a part of it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we are um, a part of the drama mm-hmm. or we are drawn into somebody else's drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and we're talking about rumors or people asking questions and you're not, you're just arbitrarily answering them. Oh, yeah, you know, and it's about somebody else's business, you know. Right. And, um, and um, or someone, if someone says to you, I have something to tell you, mm-hmm. but you can't tell anyone else. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta promise me. You gotta promise me. Cross right. your heart. Cross your heart. You gotta promise me. You're never, ever, ever going to share. Now they're telling you because they know you're gonna talk. Right. They know that this is gonna get out, and they're telling the person they're gonna tell mm-hmm. because if it's really a big secret, why can't they just hold it? Right. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they pull you into the drama. And you're like, oh, and you tell somebody, okay, I promise I wasn't going to say anything, but I have to tell somebody this is driving me crazy. Yeah. I don't like hold on to this information, you know. And so it just happens. Mm-hmm. The movie, the show that I watch, mm-hmm. Women Who Kill, there's another scenario where the woman uh, finds out that her husband is gay, and she's a she's 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 sad and hurt because they've been married for 15 years. But she lets him go and be with his partner. She's fine with it. She goes on. Mm-hmm. Well, her best friend found out that this particular woman is having an affair with her 
very young 18 year old son. So she spreads a rumor that um, the guy is gay. Now this particular scenario is like set in the sixties and the seventies. Mm. And so people, he, he gets hurt. He's like banned from the country club. Nobody wants oh. to touch him because they, they think that he, you know, he has um, AIDS and he's going to spread the disease just by touching somebody. Mm-hmm. And she is told everyone everywhere, like he can't go to his favorite restaurant anymore. I mean, the whole town has shunned him. Mm-hmm. And it's because someone got involved in that drama and started spreading rumors. And it actually started with um, a lady who was a nurse that overheard her husband talking about one of his patients. And so she just violated all kind of <laughs> client patient <laughs> confidentiality. <laughs> doctor confidentiality. She just violated everything. But um, but just, just started that. And everybody got pulled into the drama. And everybody was like, well, you know, I guess why are they in trouble for saying something or repeating something that they heard? But that's what happened. Everyone mm-hmm. got pulled into it and mm-hmm. the whole town was a hot mess. But that's what we have to say. If we if we have our goals and we're focused on doing those and we're trying to stay the course of what we're doing, we won't get pulled into drama. But sometimes we do. And we end up saying and doing stuff, uh, repeating what we've heard, thinking that we're helping someone. Mm-hmm. And then we become the people that are hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, by spreading negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you are emotionally healthy, you say to that other person, even if you can't stop them from talking, you heard what they said. Um, well, I appreciate you opening and sharing this with me. I recommend you not tell anyone else. Um, <laughs> keep it to yourself. Or if you have a real issue, you can go and talk to that person, you know, and you can give them some good guidance and move on. And then let that be that. Mm-hmm. You got to move away from it. Um, but sometimes, you know, we start listening to some things and we're thinking, well, man, if they're talking about this person, what are they saying about me? Right. Then we start start to worry about that. And then that becomes <laughs> overwhelming. Because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, if they're talking to you about someone, they're telling you not to say anything. They've had a similar conversation with someone else. Right. About you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you have to recognize that because then at that point you can say, well, I know I can't trust this person. Right. So I don't know how to tell this person any of my secrets, you know, because right. the person is always telling you, telling you secrets to someone else. They've shared your secrets if, mm-hmm. you, if you've had some to share. So we have to be mindful of that. I think some so. people see that as almost like currency and they feel that power the more they know about everybody and they can share with everybody, um, then they feel powerful because they feel so powerless otherwise. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you don't want to feed that. And no. you don't want to set yourself up for being a victim in that, that scenario. Mm-hmm. Because people's feelings do get hurt and people have emotional outbursts and some situations where they're actually out of control and mm-hmm. they, they do things to hurt themselves, to hurt other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, words, they have power um, mm-hmm. and, they, and they do hurt. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's overwhelming. I mean, I don't want to get into a heavier topic, but I mean, the rate of, you know, the rate of suicide is high. And a mm-hmm. lot of it has to do with um, something someone said to someone else mm-hmm. uh, being in a, in a situation or listening to people mm-hmm. that are um, toxic. I, um, I know I've had um, a couple of the groups on Facebook. We have parents and they'll talk about uh, what do they do when their child has come home and the teacher has said something that was inappropriate or a student has said something that was inappropriate or some kids push their kid around. And mm-hmm. um, and I had a lot of parents say, I tell them, you know, I went through the same thing when I was young and you got to stand up to a bully and mm-hmm. you've got to tell them that you don't want to deal with that. And it, it, it doesn't always work to mm-hmm. stand up to 
a bully or, or to talk tough to a bully mm-hmm. or to just say, I'm going to go there and you're going to yell and scream at me or you're going to say inappropriate things to me and I'm just, just going to like tune you out. Um, and I always write the very same thing in the box. And it doesn't work for everyone, but I do write the same thing. Homeschool. <laughs> 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 you know, um, right. I, it's, it's one of those things. Is, um, I mean, I had some money to write back and says, well, you know, that's running away. That's not running away. No. Uh, from a situation, it's it's um, if your child is not emotionally healthy enough, mm-hmm. seven or eight years old, to deal with all these toxic things that are coming to them, you have to have an opportunity to teach them how to become emotionally healthy people. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that when a person is toxic and they're in their face every single day, more hours than you are. Mm-hmm. And so instead of your child coming home and do their homework, they had to go home and you got to deprogram them just to send them back. Now, what message are you sending them? Right. Because all you're doing is talking to them and you're not showing them that you can make a change, that you can do something different, that life doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always done our best to try to make sure that our son had the best education. And that doesn't mean the most expensive schools. It means a place where he was happy and comfortable and was flourishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're very mindful of, you know, where he's going, um, regardless of the expense. Like sometimes it could be like a little money. Sometimes it'd be a lot. Everything costs. Mm-hmm. But if he was happy and comfortable, none of it mattered. I remember a situation when he was probably three um, and I was just like, OK, I'm going back to work I'm in school. Um, and so we're going to go ahead and we're going to do him this like sweet daycare center. And it was like the outside of the building was shaped like a castle and you come <laughs> inside and you, yeah, you, you come inside. There was this big um, tin suit of this knight right. armor standing there. And it was like amazing. Right. <laughs> and, um, but one day we went there and um, something had happened to him the day before. And, I never knew what it was. I knew there was no bruises. He didn't get hurt or whatever, but he gets overstimulated. And at that time, it was like too much noise, too much things going on. Mm-hmm. But either way, he felt, he felt uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And so the next day, I make sure I take a little bit longer to take him. So I'm just standing there and he was crying and not a bad cry, just like, you know, I don't, I don't want to stay, you know, just like a whiny cry. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to stay today. And he said, no, I don't want to stay. I want to go home. And I said, well, if you want to go home, then we'll go home. And the lady leans over the counter and she says to me as a mom with my crying little sweet year old, three year old, don't make any promises you can't keep. <laughs> and so I was like, OK, so what what's going on here? Yeah. Are you telling me that I'm telling my son, if you want to go home, we'll go home. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm just saying, you know, being very sweet, and nice about it. You've got to go to work. So don't mm-hmm. tell him that he could go home when you know he needs to stay. Mm-hmm. And the mommy and me said, I'm going to go ahead and sign him out. Mm-hmm. And we're not coming back. Yeah. So and I'm pretty sure I've told this story before uh, in one of our podcasts. But basically, I went home and I stayed home and I had to make my decision. But the very next day I called him to work. I'm not going to be able to come back because my son doesn't like it. This, this daycare that he's going to. He's mm-hmm. not happy. Mm-hmm. So I need to do what I do and they allowed me to work from home nice so so you never know what is um 
you know, you just never know, right? Right. Um, well, and, and you you didn't know that you would be able to keep your job until you called and said, you know what, I'm I'm gonna have to quit. And then they yep. they said, whoa, we we want you to remain with us and we'll let you work from home. And I think that's that's something that too many people miss is look after yourself, and you'll be surprised at how many concessions you will find along yep. the way. Yeah. And that's actually when I discovered working from home. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this, you know, could actually work. And so life was better. And then when he was ready to go to school, when he was five, then he he went to school. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was a a time. And I remember because he has such a great memory. I asked him, you know, what was going on? He's I just remember being a lot of noise, mom, Mm -hmm. just a lot of noise. And it was because it was a castle, right? Right. So kids were running and screaming <laughs> and having a good time. But he, was, he was probably overwhelmed. The kids right. were bigger. They're probably pushing him around. And he just, you know, just wasn't getting what he needed. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, I just I just said that. That's the same thing. It's, it's never take no for someone who can't tell you yes. You can't tell me whether or not I could go home. My child doesn't need to be here with you. Right. You're not the end all. Right. And I think that somehow we allow people in our lives and we let them think that I need you. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I have you convinced that I need you, that means you can treat me any kind of way you want to, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to pay you to abuse me. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not going to happen. So yeah. yeah, but you know, that's, that's one of those, those things, but you're right. You never know what other options you have until mm-hmm. you're at the end of the road, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. And and you have to go with faith of knowing that, you know, you're going to be taken care of one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's one of my proudest uh, mommy moments. Because, um, <laughs> I, yeah, because I, I, I knew then that, okay, you're going to be an okay mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be cool, you know. So. But um, I am proud of that moment because it's a chance that I I – took and i did i went home thinking about how much i could save on gas by not driving to work right. <laughs> you know um i don't have to prepare lunches at night you know a lot of things i was like planning over in my brain yeah um, but it's, it's one of those things so so we do we have to do our best to avoid the drama mm-hmm. um and and you know that situation you don't know what the you know if, you, if i left him there what would the other days have looked like what the afternoons have looked like Mm-hmm. Would he have been angry with me? And that's something you have to think about, too. Like, how are you affecting the other people by allowing drama in your life? Like, you're, if you're in a relationship, a healthy relationship with a person, um, going back to Darcy, you know, Darcy, right. my, my <laughs> PSA, her and her sister, they're twins, they argue like crazy. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend told her, had we not come here to be with you and your sister and for me to witness the way you guys argue, I would have proposed to you. He actually said that to her. <laughs> that was going to ask you to marry me. He said, now I just don't know, right? Right. Because he got to, got to see just how toxic their relationship is. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad because they're twins. They're identical twins. Mm-hmm. Um and um, it's one of those things like that's a close family member and you have to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she went with her fiance, set her goals on we're going to get engaged. And then she decided to go and visit her sister and had and took him along and it just derailed everything. <laughs> and so, and what was she angry with her sister holding resentment toward her sister? She actually said it. I resent my sister, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's one of those things that because you you allowed yourself to be into that and not realizing that your relationship was toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all he, all he got to listen to was drama for a whole week. Wow. Every single day, every single meeting, every single meal, it mm-hmm. was overwhelming. 
Mm-hmm. But better to find out uh, before the engagement ever happens versus. Yeah, um, he, yeah. Did, he said that. He did say that, too. Yeah. He did better to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we've got to go quicker. I've got, <laughs> I've got two more. Okay. I've got two more. I think I need, I need the other headers on. But one is uh, being aware of your own emotions. Mm-hmm. And another one is um, don't waste energy on um, on negativity, mm-hmm. you know, on, on things that are going to be overwhelming to you. So, um, and, you know, we can kind of put them together. But you know, that was my five things, setting boundaries and enforce them, uh, making goals for yourself and staying the course, mm-hmm. avoiding drama, drama control, um, being aware of your own personal emotions and, you know, trying not to internalize them mm-hmm. and not wasting energy on um, conflicts or things that you can't control. Right. Like you can only um, control yourself. Um, and and sometimes you can't do that, but you you can't take responsibility for someone else's behavior you can't make excuses for their behavior uh and if you find yourself always trying to explain away something that someone is doing or saying Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. you didn't have anything to do with it um then you're you're allowing that negativity into your life to interrupt interrupt your flow people should be happy um and i'm not saying everything is going to be hunky-dory every single day Mm -hmm. um but basically you should be pretty happy um, mm-hmm. To the point that when things happen and it's uh, it's negative, negative or it's overwhelming to you uh, and it's anxiety driven, that you can work through it and be OK. Because if you can't work through it and it piles up, that means you've allowed things to pile up over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that could be, um, you know, and, and that's and that's the thing. Uh, going back to number four, being aware of your emotions is not allowing things to pile up, mm-hmm. realizing that. um so say if I passed you in the morning and you said, good morning, how are you? And you're like, I'm tired of people asking me how I'm doing. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Don't say anything to me. You know, it's like, well, you know, so obviously you've had a bad morning already. Right. And uh, by the time I run into you, you're asking me something positive mm-hmm. And I, I, I totally hear something different. Right. Right. And right. so uh, you're not aware of it. And so now I've, I've pushed that over on you and you're going to tell me, well, did you hear Jane this morning? She was like going off. And I like to ask her how she was doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if that person says to you, don't worry about it, she'll be all right. That person's not allowing negativity into their lives. Yeah. But then you go and tell somebody else, did you see how Jane treated me? It's like, okay, let's, let's stop and think about, because that's Jane's issue. That's not mm-hmm. your issue. Mm-hmm. So don't, you know, you, you've got to manage your own emotions if another person can't manage theirs. Right. Um, yeah. And it's just really just take responsibility for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was uh, a couple of times during our, this podcast, the, the scene, the scenario that came to my head was if you're a gardener, if you because you grow so many things that you eat and you have to keep the weeds out of the garden. And if you don't oh, yeah. continuously, you know, like at least daily go and pluck a couple out, then you get this this whole, you know, where the garden is full of weeds. And the, really that will choke out everything that's good uh, yep. and just leave the bad. Yep. So Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That's, a, that's a, a perfect analogy because it's one thing, you know, if you say, what do you love about gardening? Oh, they're fruit. I love getting, you know, the fruits of mm-hmm. my labor. What do you hate about gardening? The weeds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the weeds. Like, you know, they're nonstop. And right. so it's, yeah, you're right. You know, and um, and that's that's weeds. People, toxic people are just weeds in your garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you want to keep it straight, then you got you to gotta pluck them out. Mm-hmm. And to take it one step further, there's only so much 
nutrients in the the dirt and the ground. And it, mm-hmm. why do you want to waste any of that on things that are no good? Mm-hmm. Yep. Even a good plant, um, when they have like like tomato plants, they have lots and lots of flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, once you see some that are uh, not pollinating and dying off or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to take them off. Right. And every now and then you got to go and cut some of the branches and it leaves them below because um, those things that are not healthy mm-hmm. are actually taken away from that plant. And so right. you're right. Like even people who might have good intentions, mm-hmm. but they're bad for you, bad for you, right? And looking out for your best interest, mm-hmm. um, you still have to cut them away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's they, almost you know, like, it's almost like looking at that tomato plant that is not producing any fruit and it's, it just doesn't look all that healthy. But you mm-hmm. want to see potential in it because you paid a dollar for it, right? You yeah, know. Exactly. But um, and so I think there there was one friend of mine who, and he proposed to his girlfriend that he had been dating through high school, and I think they had been together like seven years, and they yelled and screamed. I mean, they were always unhappy, and I would be over at his house, and if he picked up the phone, she would start screaming at him immediately. And so I asked him, why do you want to marry this, this thing that, that yells and screams? And, and uh, he said, well, because we've been together for seven years. I'm like, dude, that's not a good excuse for getting married to somebody who treats you like this. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a different way of looking at that is uh, being able to tell him you've invested all this time mm-hmm. and you still got. <laughs> right. <laughs> positive out of it. Right. That well, means yeah. it's time to move on. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, yeah. you buy a car and, with the best of intentions because it has potential. And you have to keep fixing it every month or however often. And after a while, you've got to cut your losses. You've got to sell it and get something new. You don't want to just continue to throw money at it. That's not solving the problem. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so... Wow. So th- that was, I think that was very enjoyable. I yeah. think that was, uh, get some good information out there. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest thing when I started thinking about emotionally healthy people, think emotionally intelligent, mm-hmm. um, but emotionally healthy people, um, they don't always have a tendency, because I don't want to say they have a tendency to look at the good over the bad, mm-hmm. but they have the gift of discernment. Mm-hmm. Being able to determine, like, if there's something negative going on, if there's a person that they can help, mm-hmm. um, then they help them. If that person is going to be receiving of that help, um, and if the situation does not call for them to get involved in it at all, mm-hmm. then they're able to move on. And I think that that's like the the biggest thing is having discernment. Don't lose a spend a whole lot of time and energy on overthinking things. But mm-hmm. if it's something that you can take your time and take care of and work through it then great. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, then you need to move on. Mm-hmm. And don't, yeah, I, there's a friend of mine who we've known each other and been good friends for, I guess, 35 years, somewhere in there. And I remember maybe 25 years ago, I was, anyway, I was, there was a bad scenario with this, this other person and we were really at odds and I was really, really just irate. And so anyway, when I bumped into this friend of mine um, and I was just like, ah, you can't believe what blah, blah, blah. And he said, dude, I'm going to have to stop you right there. I can't handle this today. 
um, I, I just need you to walk away <laughs> and, and we're still mm-hmm. friends today. So don't, don't be afraid to say, Hey, you know what I have, I I've been dealing with, with dogs and business and all this other stuff. And then somebody comes in and says, Hey, I've got to, I've got to unload my awful day on you. No, you don't because I can't nope. take it. And, and can't it doesn't mean it. you don't love somebody. It doesn't yeah. mean that you won't be there. Maybe tomorrow will be a better day and so forth and so on. But yeah, know your limits and don't just open the doors and have people come in and puke their problems at you all the time. You, you can't. And that's not, if you don't respect yourself, how can others respect you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's a, a very big thing too. Um, self-respect is mm-hmm. is really yeah that's a whole nother podcast yes it is and then yeah, that, that also <laughs> opens up to the other podcast called labels right and oh the, my gosh because <laughs> yeah. there's yep. there's people walking around with labels i remember emily did this uh visual thing where she covered herself with all these labels and then i had took pictures of her but um, she was just talking about how labels weigh you down and you don't need to have these labels. They constrict you. They define you when they shouldn't and they limit you and you mm-hmm. should be limitless. So it's kind of cool. I have to go yeah. back and find those pictures. Maybe I'll use that as a part of the promotion for the labels episode. <laughs> Very good. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But yeah, excellent episode. And So I I guess until next week, have a phenomenal weekend and I'll um, see you. And I put that in invisible air quotes next Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 18 Degrees Below Horizon and on Twitter at 18 Degrees Below. You'll find links to your host social media accounts there too. If you have topics you want to hear discussed, reach out to us via social media or our extra long email address, 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, remember happiness is possible. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.